Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 Southeast Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Well, good morning, uh, East Rock family. It's good to be with you, and it's not quite as good being here this way as it would being with you in person, but it really is a joy to get to share with you today. Um, I am so grateful. In a couple weeks, I do get to be with you in person. It's been far too long, and I'm really looking forward to being there for worship and uh, just to see you, to love on you, um, to to get to meet those of you that I haven't gotten to meet yet, and uh, to just celebrate being a part of a church. Um, that's so much bigger than me and so much bigger than one location and being uh, one church in multiple locations. Uh, Today, right now, (laughs) while you're worshiping there, uh, worship is happening at our campus in Harrisonburg. Worship will be happening soon at our campus in Esperanza Viva. And you've already heard and are hearing about the good things God is calling us to in the Waynesboro community, where we believe within the next year, uh, the Lord's gonna open up the doors and provide for us to have a brand new campus a Spanish-speaking campus in Waynesboro. We truly are one church in multiple locations. Uh, It's a joy to be with you today and to share. I I wonder today, when is the last time that you've read an upside-down story? Um, Not literally upside-down, but uh, back in 2020, I um, learned to read again. Um, Not not literally, I, I, I knew how to read, but in 2020, when many of us were staying home a lot more, uh, working from home when we had to, when we could, um, learning what it was to to quarantine or to stay home or or limit our exposure, right? I learned in 2020 how to love reading again. And in that, um, I I love books with suspense. I love books with a plot twist. And every now and then you read a book that's just upside down. Even when you finish the book, sometimes you're just let out and exasperated, like, what what do I mean? Uh, Upside down, you know, uh, the person that you think is the hero isn't. The way that you think the story is going to end, it doesn't. Uh, The happy ending that you're wanting and and waiting and expecting doesn't come. It's, It's upside down. Today, we began a brand new series with an upside down story. It's, it's a Bible story that many, if you've grown up in the church or grow up studying God's Word, you, you know the story, you've heard of it before, but it is truly an upside-down story. We may not think of it that way because of the romanticized children's stories that we've heard of Jonah, our story for today. But the truth is, the story of Jonah is an upside-down story. Our brand new series is on the Minor Prophets. Hey, if you're new or visiting today, you picked a great Sunday to show up because we're brand new in this journey and you get to walk this journey with us uh, over the month of November each and every Sunday. We're going to be focusing on a different 
minor profit. Uh, minor profits, uh, what, what's the difference between major profits and minor profits? Well, in God's word, um, there are major profits uh, or prophets, as we would call them, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. But then this group we call minor prophets. And it's not because they're on the JV team. It's not because they're prophets that don't really count. Um, it's just because the work, the place in scripture uh, is shorter, uh, briefer. Um, and sometimes these prophets don't get as much focus and time uh, as other prophets do. And so we, we feel led, it's really important to us as a church that we study the whole of God's word. We believe all of God's word is alive and active and has truth for us. And so we felt like it would be really beneficial to spend these weeks each week studying a different minor prophet. The final week of the series, we're going to focus on Malachi. Malachi, which is a perfect place, the last book in the Old Testament, in our introduction to the Advent season, because church family Christmas is coming and we're excited. So we begin today with Jonah. Jonah, why is Jonah an upside down story? Well, <laughs> unlike the other minor prophets, this book doesn't focus on the words of a prophet. Throughout most of this series, the next few weeks, we're going to be reading from different minor prophet, and we're going to be hearing the words of that prophet. But, but Jonah's upside down. We don't focus on the words of a prophet. Instead, it's a story about a prophet. And he's a mean and nasty one at that. Jonah is upside down for, for several reasons. Uh, perhaps most importantly, it, it's upside down in that the ending you think you will get doesn't really come. It's upside down in that we don't get the ultimate resolution or transformation we're hoping for, at least not for Jonah. It's upside down in that the ending isn't the end. There's no great closure. There's no great ending scene. In fact, spoiler alert, the last words that Jonah says in this book is this, I wish I were dead. Oh, an upside down kind of story. Listen, Jonah is, in the end, a love story, just not the one that we're expecting. In the words of Veggie Tales, Jonah was a prophet, and he never really got it. <laughs> Take a look at this. When I was a boy, I went to church back home in Arizona. And that is where I heard the tale of a man whose name was Jonah. Now Jonah was a prophet, but that's not why he's remembered. We tell the tale, cause in a whale, he nearly was dismembered. Dreadful gale Got eaten up by a giant whale But managed not to be dead 
You think he would learn a lot from being safe from an awful spot But the second chance that he had got, he didn't want to be spread So poor old Jonah, now he's all alone Gotta use a megaphone to get it through to his head inside a large aquatic mammal, but all the same like Jonah, there is something you can do. Everyone deserves to get a second chance from you. Compassion and mercy from me to you and you to me. Exactly what God wants to see. And yes, that is the point. Jonah was a prophet. Ooh, ooh. But he really never got it. Sad but true. Jonah was a prophet. Ooh, ooh. But he really never got it. Sad but true. Jonah was a prophet. Isn't that really how we think about Jonah's story, though? Upbeat, lighthearted. Even though VeggieTales gets it right, the focus on Jonah, he didn't really get it. It's still, we, we think of it in terms of, of, of a kid's program, lighthearted, fun. And it might surprise you today that that's not necessarily true. This upside down story that we read today is certainly not lighthearted or fun at all. So what was Jonah all about? What's, what's a summary text, whether you're familiar with the story or not? Uh, Jonah was a prophet. He was living in the 8th century uh, BC in Israel. And, and Jonah is called by God to go to Nineveh. Why? Why is he called? Well, uh, there's wickedness there and God's heart is for their redemption. God is sending Jonah there because he's not giving up on them. And, and we see almost immediately Jonah's response. Look, look with me um, in, in verse three. We see here God, God, God shares his call and his heart and, and, and suddenly Jonah responds in obedience to go to the Ninevites, right? Well, no, that's not what happens at all. Look with me in verse three. Uh, but Jonah ran away. <laughs> Jonah ran away from the Lord and he headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship boat bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Look at those last few words, to flee from the Lord. He's running from God. Do you know why Jonah doesn't go to Nineveh? It's, it's a very complex and theological reason. Are you ready? Jonah doesn't go to Nineveh because he doesn't want to. It's as simple as that. He doesn't want to reach those people. He, he literally runs as far as he can the other way. He doesn't ignore God. He's not indifferent. Uh, he doesn't just put his head in the sand. He runs the opposite direction from where God calls him to go. Maybe you know the story, right? While he's at sea, a huge storm uh, threatens to destroy the ship and everyone in it, everyone's panicked. And in the midst of this, Jonah recognizes his disobedience. And so he tells the crew to throw him overboard. Uh, literally, in my life, this is my fault. And uh, God rescues Jonah in the belly of a big fish, perhaps the most famous fish in the Bible, right? God rescues Jonah. And for three days and three nights, he's in the belly of this fish. And there, in the belly, Jonah prays. And he decides to stop 
running. So what happens? He spit up after three days, spit up onto the shore and he begins the 500 mile journey back to Nineveh. There in Nineveh, again, I'm summarizing kind of the first three chapters of Jonah. Um, There in Nineveh, he grudgingly declares God's truth. He warns them about judgment and get this, they listen, (laughs) they listen, they repent, they turn back to God and they are redeemed. Jonah's enemies repent. When God, look at what it says in Jonah chapter three, verse 10, it says, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. And listen, for most of us, I I, I won't speak for you, I'll speak for me. For me, in my lifetime, growing up, hearing the story, knowing the story of Jonah in the whale, for me, this is really where the story ended. Jonah finally listened, he finally obeyed, and God delivered the Ninevites. He redeemed a people who were once his enemies. But that's not how the story ends. And and really, I read everything I've said, everything that I've said so far to get us to chapter four, because that's really where we're going to focus today. So if you haven't already, turn with me to Jonah chapter four. I want to look at just these first four verses together, understanding the story so far and and all that's happened. uh, We get to this point. Again, what has happened? God's redeemed the people. Um, Jonah has reluctantly obeyed. Uh, And the people have responded. And now in chapter four, verse one, we read this. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. What seemed wrong? The the redemption of, of an entire city of people, right? But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, listen to this. Take away my life. It's better for me to die than to live. Whoa, man, talk about upside down. Just when you think... The, the story is ending and the credits are about to roll. We get this. We get Jonah telling the Lord, I knew this was happen. He's not surprised in the least that God redeemed these people. He's not shocked that they turned from their wickedness. While there's much rejoicing in heaven in Jonah's heart, bitterness and there's anger, not just anger, but despair. Why? because of God's compassion for his enemies. God's relentless grace that's extended to all people, even the people that Jonah doesn't like. What an upside down story. The prophet of God angry and in despair because God's compassionate. The prophet of God, after having been used by God, think about it. God used Jonah in a powerful way to bring redemption to the entire city, and he's devastated by it. He's angry. I guess you can say we're not in Veggie Tales anymore, are we? 
the Lord responds with the question. And, and if there's one thing I want you to remember today, if there's one a verse in scripture, I would love for you to circle. I would love for you to look at Jonah 4.4 with me today. Because here the Lord asks a question and I think it's the poignant question for Jonah in this story. And I, I believe thousands of years later, us sitting here reading, this is the question for us today. Look at it with me. Verse four, the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Is it? <laughs> is it? Isn't that the question? Isn't that the question that, that the Lord is asking Jonah, but that he's asking of us today? Is it right for you to be angry that I'm compassionate? Is it right for you to be angry that I'm merciful? Is it right for you to be angry that I am the Redeemer? Children, is it okay with you that I love people that you don't? That's really what God is saying, isn't it? I want to be saved and redeemed, even if you don't. And church family, that's the lasting image that we get of Jonah. The final picture is really this, an angry and miserable man. His final words in the story, if you go down to the end of Jonah chapter 4, his final words are, I wish I were dead. What a sad picture. What an upside down picture. A man that's so miserable in spite of all that God has done for him, how God has used him, and he's miserable. Despite all the twists and turns of this story, the message is really simple. The message is simple. God loves people that you don't. <laughs> and he wants you to love them too, even if it means sacrifice. And I, I would say that loving those people that you don't want to will always take sacrifice. It's, it won't be easy. In fact, that's, that's the challenge. It's easy to love some people in your life, but there's a whole other group of people today that aren't so easy to love. And God loves them even when you don't. Interesting. Isn't it interesting that God uses Jonah in spite of how he feels? In spite of the bitterness in his heart, God still uses him. In fact, historians have suggested that the ensuing revival that broke out in, uh, in Nineveh was one of the greatest ever recorded in human history. Think about that. God used Jonah to bring that about, even though his heart is clearly far from the Lord. Uh, last week, we concluded a series uh, on the building blocks of, of our faith, and, and we talked about giving. We talked about generosity, and, and the challenge in generosity is that God wants our hearts. He wants to purify our hearts from selfish motives, from living a, a me-first life. And here, we see a real-life example of someone that ultimately gave God his actions, but didn't allow God to purify his heart. And the truth is God wants to purify us from that selfishness, from that living for me or, or choosing how we're going to love some people and not others. I wonder today, I wonder today, where is your Nineveh and who are your Ninevites? That's the question. If you place yourself, I believe that's God's desire. As we read the story, we're not just bystanders, right? We enter into the story. And as you and I enter into this story, the question for us today is, where is your Nineveh? Who are your Ninevites? Is it the person who doesn't believe what you do? The person who opposes what you believe? And you 
honestly don't want to love them. It's hard. It's painful. It's frustrating. Maybe it's the person who votes differently. Maybe it's the person whose lifestyle offends you or opposes God. Maybe it's personal. Maybe it's someone who's hurt you. And in your heart, you don't want to love them. And you certainly don't want to see God be compassionate and gracious to them. Not with who they are or what they represent or what they've done to you. The question asked by Jonah is really simple. The question that this book asks of us, are you okay that God loves your enemies? I would ask you today, church, are you okay that God loves your enemies right now? He loves them. He loves them. Can God use you to change their eternal destiny? That's what this story challenges us to consider. It's easy to look at Jonah with disgust. It's easy to turn the page and just think, wow, he doesn't get it. But this story is in our Bibles because the Lord wants us to recognize there are times in our life when our will is in opposition to the will of God. Our selfishness, our pride, our anger, our frustration, our bitterness stands in between what God desires for us and what we want to do. Uh, I was reminded, talking about books, right? Uh, Books that I've read. And again, I haven't read a lot of books in my life, but I'm reading more these days. And there's one book I read um, called Your God is Too Safe from author Mark Buchanan, a good book. But I was reminded this week as I studied the story of Jonah of a specific story that's shared in this book. And I I wanna share it with you now as we prepare to close in just a minute. In his book, uh, the author describes an encounter between one of the world's most well-known pastors of a large church in Korea and these Japanese leaders that had the potential to mirror Jonah's encounter with the Ninevites. Uh, In this story, uh, the pastor experiences his Nineveh and his real-life Ninevites. This is the story. I heard of the late David Yonggi Cho a few years back. Cho was the pastor of the largest church in the world. And several years ago, his ministry was becoming international. And he told the Lord, I will go anywhere to preach the gospel, but not Japan. (laughs) He hated the Japanese with a gut deep loathing. Why? Because of what the Japanese troops had done to the Korean people and even to members of his own family during World War II. The Japanese were his Ninevites. Through a combination of this prolonged inner struggle that he felt, several challenges from others, and finally an urgent and starkly worded invitation, Cho finally felt God call him to preach in Japan. So he went, but he went with bitterness in his heart. The first speaking engagement that he had was a pastor's conference. Roughly a thousand Japanese pastors were there on hand. And Cho, as he stood up to speak that day, what ultimately came out of his mouth were these words, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. And he began to have tears just uncontrollably down his face. And he knelt on the stage and just began weeping. He was overcome with emotion, overcome with bitterness and grief, and there was nothing else he could say in that moment. You can imagine the scene, perhaps the awkwardness that many in that room who may not have even known Cho in any other way, but it must have began to feel. But in the room that day, slowly, one 
two, and then suddenly all the pastors stood up. One by one, several of the pastors came and knelt beside him as he wept. They asked for forgiveness for what their people had done to him, the hurt that his people had done. And as this went on, God began to change Pastor Cho's heart. The Lord put a single message in his heart and in his mouth. Previously, his message had been, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. But now the message the Lord had put within his heart was this, I love you, I love you, I love you. (laughs) Sometimes God calls us to do what we least want to do in order to reveal our heart, (laughs) to reveal what's really there within us. I wonder today, church family, if you would have the courage to give the Lord permission to reveal in you, in your heart, the attitudes that that don't please him, the attitudes of, of hurt and pain and frustration that you might have at those that you don't feel like deserves God's compassion. In fact, I want to challenge you. We're going to pray in a minute, but I want to challenge you to fill in the blank today, not out loud, but, but in your heart, I, I want you to fill in the blank. If you were praying this prayer, Lord, you know how I feel about blank. Who, who would that be today? Who, who would, maybe you know right away who that person is or, or that, that those people are the Ninevites in your life. Maybe you don't and maybe today you want to join me in just spending a minute because I believe God's working through his word, and I believe today he has a purpose in this story for us. And so maybe today you want to do like the psalmist says to stop and say, Lord, search my heart. And so I'm going to invite you, would you do this in just a minute? The band is going to lead us, but would you just bow your heads? And would you just join me in a minute of reflection? Lord, you know how I feel about who is that today? The person who's offended you person you don't want to love, the people in your life who you think least deserve God's compassion. As you think about them today, I want to invite you in this simple prayer, Lord, I don't understand them. Lord, I don't agree with them. But right now, Lord, I'm praying for them that you would reach them. And I give you permission to use me however you would choose. Lord, that's a powerful prayer and a prayer I believe that you desire to honor in our lives today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, Please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.